What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 163 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the America's Army, the Real Ender's Game episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. Welcome, folks. Um, today, I'm in a bit of a pickle as the person writing this intro because Jake has chosen to cover America's Army, the video game uh, where you basically learn to love and respect America's beautiful troops and to maybe even want to partake and uh, leave your gamer chair and go and, you know, serve. Today, I'm going to be highly respectful of this entire thing. None of these words, you know, should be taken with a sarcastic tone because I am in jeopardy. And Father America must look benevolently on me or things in my life are not going to go great in the next couple weeks. So I'm in a vulnerable state. I feel like shit. I said Jake when it came to saying my name. Uh, and I don't know what to tell you, folks. It's it's going to be quite an episode, and uh, put your patriotic boots on, and let's get this fucking show on the road. America's Army. The year is 2002. You, an enthusiastic gamer, armed with a Koopa Shell backpack, have braved L.A. traffic and arrived at the convention center nestled square in the heart of the downtown area. The purpose? To attend gaming's most hyped-up event, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, otherwise known as E3. We once went there together. We did, we did. And you just had a massive panic attack and ran away. It was a swishy, <laughs> swishy shorts situation. <laughs> how could I have had, looking back on it now, I'm like, that's the greatest place in the world. Like, how could yeah. I have had a panic attack there? No, you were freaking out. Like, we hadn't even made it in. You were freaking the fuck out. I think you had, like, I think a, I just... a, ba- a bad coffee or something. <laughs> I, I probably had like major imposter syndrome because we we essentially kind of like wormed our way. Hey, we fucking uh, got press passes fair and square based on this we website press I put together. Fair and square, but it was kind of a worming. If if I'm gonna be honest, hey man, I had a great time. I got to see the the presentation of Civilization Six uh, and get a little pen. I went and saw Ubisoft uh, demo Steep, which was their skiing and snowboarding mm-hmm. game. And I remember turning to one of the developers like who was like watching me play and being like oh good you guys added like the tail slide on the right stick that's that's good that's accurate anyways apologies for derailing uh the year is 2002 a reminder let's go back perhaps you attended the 2002 e3 to maybe catch a glimpse of doom 3 id software's much anticipated sequel to the beloved franchise or maybe you attended in hopes of getting some hands-on time with metroid prime but as you stroll up to the grand doors of the convention center something is wrong You hear the loud call of a trumpet being played by a uniformed military officer. Suddenly, you're in the shadow of a large M1 Abrams tank parked outside the center. You thought you were here to sample the latest and greatest video games, but instead are thrust into a military outpost complete with armed personnel carriers and fully geared up U.S. soldiers. A large banner framing the entire scene is flapping in the wind. It reads, America's Army. 
Before I get started, I wanted to cite the paper that I use for a lot of the primary research. Uh, it was written by Zon Lee, who has his master's in social anthropology from Cambridge University. And the paper's titled, The Potential of America's Army the Video Game as Civilian Military Public Sphere. Now, I'm going to be honest. This paper uh, is kind of out of my uh, education <laughs> level. It was incredibly <laughs> thorough. It was over 100 pages. Yeah. Liv, uh, if you're listening to this episode, or perhaps I will I will message you privately. I want you to read the paper because I think you'd probably get more out of it than me. And it, it's just fascinating. The amount of interviews he does, he, he talked to all of the original game developers, all of the main players, I mean, went deep into the community. I mean, just a really fascinating, fascinating paper. And we will link it in the show description. Hey, Liv, could you just uh, take a look at these hundred pages for me, just so I, I can get it? I think she would enjoy no, it. No, no, no. We've I, already I'm recorded the episode. It out of because I, I, I think that she would find it interesting. No, we already have the episode. It's already out. I, I just need like your point of view for kind of like posterity. Yeah, just for fun, just f as friends. <laughs> That's all. What's wrong with that? Nothing. In the years following the first Gulf War, there was a growing manpower concern in the United States Army. Recruitment numbers just weren't what they used to be. From the late 1980s to the 1990s, the end of the Cold War had dropped recruitment numbers by 40%. Many in the public sphere were actually speaking out against the Gulf War and calling attention to the idea that the American military was actually occupiers as opposed to liberators. This would not do. The inception of America's army was predominantly triggered by a 1997 National Research Council report that suggested that video games were a far better networking tool than defense research expenditures. Essentially that the gaming industry had such high demands that their technology at creating virtual worlds was far superior to DARPA's. In a YouTube seminar just last month, one of the original heads of America's Army, Mike Zaida, spoke about the military's newfound interest in video games. The games industry was building larger networked environments than the military was. And it was building more accurately modeled 3D characters than the military was. And it was making very interesting strides into uh, AI and machine learning technologies for uh, AI characters in games, and the DARPA efforts were just a pale shadow of this. So this study was very important. It changed all of defense modeling and simulation to thinking about, we should build this with the game engine. On top of this, you know, the Army was no stranger uh, in, you know, getting its fingers into entertainment. They had been running commercials in movie theaters in the 30s and 40s. They have and continue to piggyback on Hollywood and the entertainment industry to push a pro-military agenda to young people. After this report came out, Mike Zida, who was the founding director of the Modeling, Virtual Environments, and Simulation, otherwise known as MOVES program, at the Naval Postgraduate Academy, was tasked by the Assistant Secretary for the Army's Office of Economics, Manpower, and Reserves with coming up with a pitch for a U.S. government-funded video game. Zida came in with a couple of slides, he pitched... The Army loved the pitch. Uh, he was then paired up with Colonel Casey Wardinsky, who was the director of West Point Academy's economic office. Wardinsky had watched his 17-year-old son spend hours in front of his computer screen playing Counter-Strike, so he was no stranger to how effective the medium could potentially be, at the very least uh, in holding young people's attention. What if the U.S. Army itself created a first-person shooter modeled after Counter-Strike that could kill two birds with one stone, improve civilian opinion about the military, and potentially encourage teenage males, the desired demographic, to enlist themselves? 
Now, what's crazy is that I would listen to this whole seminar with um, Mike Zida, and he said that the age that the United States Army was looking to to capture with this video game were males aged 11 to 14. Whoa, that seems a little low. I mean, what do you do then? Wait for them to incubate? Exactly. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 